0: Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room that we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast. We've just finished chapter six and Brent and Neil have Have escaped Antarctica. Antarctica. Congratulations.
1: We did it. We're naked and covered in seal blubber and we've never been (laughs) happier. You guys did really well. I say that to
0: everybody, but everyone does really well and you guys are no exception.
1: Oh, it was so fun. You say that all the time and, and we did not do very well on this one. No, you did! You just got <laughs> to caught be up honest, on one To be compared to the
2: playtest, look, that ending, you nailed the ending. Yeah, you yeah,
0: should have heard me trying to flummox around be like, what can I throw? How do I get a straight line? What's a boomerang? Just, How do he I, I walk? You just
2: tried walking around in the snow uh, a Yeah, lot. I just walked into
0: uh, the blizzard over and over again.
3: Nice. Got lost no, Neil, you, Neil you, you went through fantastic. the end
0: like grease lightning. I mean, you were
3: like, oh yeah, pull on the string, tie it to the thing, you know, <laughs> in the direction <laughs> of the camera. Oh. I mean, it was freaking awesome.
0: <laughs>
2: I was so happy. I mean, it didn't help that Billy didn't even look at the boomerang. That's
0: true. They're just, you know, they're just so normal to me. They're everywhere get on street corners. You know, it's not. It's, I mean, I didn't look at the bolts in the wall either.
1: It's one of the I things I I think is helpful if you are a listener of the of the show because. Danny, you're really good at dropping little hints as the preamble to the rest <laughs> of the sentence. So you'll say something mm. like, "There's a boomerang on the wall, and there's also a flag that's got this thing in the thing in the thing." And so, <laughs> wait <laughs> a minute. You have to kind of. It, it helps to to remember the first half of some of your sentences.
2: <laughs> oh, and you can always tell when you're a listener because you check the door.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yes. Got to check the door. I want the T-shirt.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you
3: know, we had the other that thing as an thing issue, I gotta say. Um, oh, go. Oh, yeah. cool. Please you continue well, I was just gonna say that it you know after doing so many escape rooms in real life it's so fun to think about these conditions that we so impossible to do in normal, you know, in, mm. in, in a normal thing, right. To be on a frozen ship, you know, with three characters, uh, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, have, have, you know, sort of non-player characters there to, to be a part of it. I mean, it's, that's a really a fun, you know, it's fun. Context. Yeah.
2: Initially, when we started this podcast, I was trying to think of, okay, cool. So how can I make it like, we're really creating a real world escape room experience in this. And then it didn't take long for me to just go, well, why would I want that? We're just doing this by speech. I can make anything happen.
0: Mm, I remember how excited you got in season three, where you were like, I can do animals. (laughs) Like every second room had some strange animal in it somewhere. There were donkeys and squirrels and chickens. And it was great fun. You're right though, Brett, because
1: the non-player characters add a whole different vibe to it and make it much more Dungeons and Dragons in its style. Mm. But I was, before we started recording... I was sort of jokingly ribbing Bill about his murder mystery detective work <laughs> and then here we are mm-hmm. doing the this this room and there's three guys with A names and I and I don't even know what to say to them. I'm standing there I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I should I should have a dialogue with them, but because they're not part of a quote unquote escape room, I'm thinking how do I talk to them? What do I say? What are my, my sentences? It, Especially
0: Because it's like you you kind of want you kind of want Daddy to feel like, like "Well, can we talk to the sailors?" And she goes, Yes, you can.
1: I love that. <laughs> and then
0: just waits, and you go, oh no. <laughs> what do I, so I guess it's time. Can't you tell me what I say? <laughs>
2: Well, it's well, I've never done an escape room with an and with an actor in it. So, I have no idea how that actually is supposed to go, and I'm terrified uh, you know, of it. Oh, there some...
3: was one in Los Angeles called Escape from a Room with a Zombie. It was one of the really early mm. ones. I mean, one of the first mm. escape rooms, and there was a, a a human in there and they were on a chain yeah, that... and, and and that was I've the heard timing of this. element. The, uh, as, as as the as the game would advance, the chain would get longer and get closer
1: and closer to you oh. so that you, you know, it was really it was good.
2: That terrifies yeah. me. <laughs>
1: There's one, right. in, there's one oh. in LA now called uh, The Basement. Oh. Uh, mm. Yep. That is fantastic. Oh, we need to get back to them. Super fully realized. And there's actors within them. And then there's one. Uh, Brent, have you done this, The Basement?
3: Oh, yeah. So I so have there's a one, hilarious story there's one about that. You're that
1: in, and you're in a house, and you're having to go underneath the floorboards of the house, and you wind mm-hmm. up in the, in the backyard of the house. There's a girl, an actual actress, who's locked inside a cage, and you wind uh-huh. up having to manipulate her emotions within the cage yeah. through uh-huh. through circumstance. I won't give spoilers so that people play it will know, but you can control how she behaves based on the actions that you take, based on clues that you're given. So it was super It's cool.
2: very interesting because... Yeah, as we were talking about, uh, we, we were talking before about walking through, walk through sort of experiences and stuff like that, and I really love those, but then when it comes to actual interaction, that's when I freeze up. I don't know how I'm supposed to interact with these people. If I can mm. walk past them and enjoy what they're doing, that's all good, yeah. <laughs> but or oh, anything else is too much pressure for me. Fair. Well then,
0: do you feel the same when you're being an NPC in a room like this?
2: Well, as in, if someone talks to me, do I panic? Yeah. Yes, yes. You talk to these three dudes. I'm, t- I'm scared every single time. I only have a couple of things scripted here. That's
0: awful. Awesome. Oh, here's something that didn't come out during your game, uh, yeah. but in my playtest <laughs> came out literally the first moment this happened. What do we think about Alex as a sailor?
3: Yeah, the 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 hat, the the hair. You know, he had sort of a, you you went out of your way for some extra, you know, kind of color mm-hmm. there. And uh, you know, and he had the sort of language, the stumbling language. What was the what was the context for that stuff?
0: So, language-wise, Alex would always start a sentence up here. Oh yes, I could. Um, I mean. Oh yes, I could definitely it was clearly oh, a woman pretending to be a man a to join an expedition she wouldn't have been allowed on. Wow oh my
3: god. Wow. <laughs> and
0: for me, oh, I very had a gender neutral, as as started, that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> so as soon as we started, I was like, um, okay, it's 1920, it's a scientific expedition, and this uh, person is clearly trying to seem like more of a man than they are putting on a big, deep voice and hiding their hair. This is this is definitely a, a woman who's snuck so aboard. So good.
1: Oh, that's such <laughs> a nice Smart. touch. Yeah, that's a great, great job. touch.
0: Which didn't have any relevance to the room. It's just a bit of setting flavour, or did it? Was it secretly the solution to a puzzle? Oh, no,
2: no. It was mostly that, and it was also a little bit of artistically getting out my own frustrations of going through Patreon donors, getting names, going, oh, my God, crap, I can't remember who this is. Is this is, <laughs> is this person a male or a female? Nice. <laughs> and having to go back through things and go, oh, my God, of course I know who we this have, person we is. We have
0: occasionally had to do that. We'll, we'll get a name for a patron, which is completely a gender-neutral name like Alex, and then we look back and it's not like when you're talking to someone, on, uh, uh, you're like, ah, oh, yes, now, as a woman, what you just you just speak to them, right? And so we had no idea. And so we're like going back to like Facebook, say, do they follow us on Facebook? Because then they'll have like a picture of them and we can find out. And look. And yeah. just so uh, in the end, it doesn't, doesn't in really this, matter. In this but. case,
2: it's all good. And we know who Alex is. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely been a thing that has caused me panic in a <laughs> few oh, <that's> episodes. <laughs> Speaking of, I should probably say that. Thank you so much to the four Patreon donors whose names are in this episode. So that's Mike. Michael Verner, uh, Adam Kipnis, Alex Kirk, and Andrew Anthony. Thank you so much. We're, yeah, ha- I hope you had a that's blast. A lot of you. you were fully realized characters.
1: <laughs> that's true. Oh, that's I was
0: trying to convince Danny to also do a Patreon uh, donor for the name of the ship, and but
1: then she thought, thought
0: no one wants to be a boat. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: well, was the gallantry crew? Was that a, a, a symbolic something?
2: Nah, that no. was just. No. Oh, what are some boat names that I don't think is actually a real boat?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, now right. why did you do, why didn't you like in terms of like a historical setting was there a reason you avoided making this like an actual expedition? I didn't. Is it because they're all so sad?
2: Honestly, it's kind of I didn't want to go into okay, what was the actual fate of these sailors?
0: Mm, many of them died. I mean, in a, a little
2: or you know, ended up having to cannibalize their own horses, things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe it's a bit too mean. Cuz when it, when I did the room, I was thinking like, "Oh, this is going to be like Robert Falcon Scott or or Amundsen or Shackleton.
2: And what it may well cool have been, but I just didn't specify. Well, and that
1: and that um, caught me off guard a little bit because I was anticipating, based on the previous episodes, this being a singular moment of of historical mm-hmm. significance that I was gonna have mm. to have have remembered in some way. So Mm. I was, I was, I kept looking at 1920 that I wrote down in in Antarctica, and I was trying to think of things that happened then, and I was trying to piece that together in a Pompeiiish kind of way.
0: Mm. Well, it's been interesting because yeah, your first room was very clearly like it was Pompeii was like it was an event. First room of the season. Yeah. Yeah. First room of the season. The second one was a little bit like less because it was someone entering this Chinese yeah, the tomb place which
2: was very much historical but the time exactly mm, because I don't know if, we, if there
0: are any known people who've been in there I No, think exactly. the current accepting except the knowledge of history is no one's ever been in that tomb uh what was it, episode three was was Irish oh uh, was Scottish witch trials yeah. which was again uh, real time not period not, specific not person, specific person specific. and then uh what room four was um
2: oh, that was a specific event that was
0: a specific event which was room four
2: Great Fire.
0: That's right, Great Fire of London. Uh, And then Room Five again, not so specific. No, was that a real? It wasn't a real artist. It was not. It was a Spanish artist's studio. So it's kind of there's hints of realism. Mostly, it's just been historical flavor. I guess I was. Was I guess I
1: was a little bit worried when I was doing this that there was a specific ship that took a specific Mm. journey. Uh, in 1920 Mm. that I wasn't aware of that I was going to have to have known about in order to solve (laughs) something within within yeah Yeah, I was wondering that too
3: a
2: a possible risk but no my history knowledge has been poor enough over the years that I would never expect anything from other people I understand how hard that is
3: what was the if there had been
2: more I would have given it
3: for the stove what was the heating element what's the origin of that you know that structure how does that what was the heating element how does that work
2: that's a good question yeah i was
0: thinking a 1920 stove with an on switch was a bit (laughs) they've got
2: to have something that's sort of like their pilot light button equivalent and i just called it a switch
0: fair Great. So you press a button, a little match. Goes.
2: Yeah, internal Tinder.
1: <laughs> a little gnome comes out with a little match. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, can I riff on the NPC thing a little bit? Because I think you, you, mm. you guys are are uniquely doing with the murder mystery thing as well. This open-ended conversation-based situation where, Poor. where the three guys could have information that, if you have the right conversation with them, could reveal. Uh, p- parts mm. of the of, of clues to puzzles that might be effective yeah. in the escape room in a way that you couldn't when you, really do in a real world scenario. I guess you could, but I'm I'm so used to escape room dynamics being kind of what it is. Find it's all underneath the pillow is a key, and the key can open the thing. But maybe I mean it was kind of exciting to think maybe if I talk to Andrew or Adam or Alex separately that they might reveal information together that Mm. would be helpful to solve a a, a puzzle. I don't know. I Mm. think that that, that's a cool vibe too.
2: It's interesting. And again, haven't done a room with an actor in it. So maybe some people do do that and do it really well. I honestly don't really know. Mm. But when you get up to it, uh, room five, the one right before this one, does a significant amount of that as well as an NPC who has Mm. vital
0: information. Oh, fantastic. Good. Well, even in this one, right, one of the puzzle solutions mm. specifically to get the order of, the, of how to turn the stove on, that was specifically only by talking to the people. There was yeah, nothing right. that gave you that order. Right, and putting Very together good,
3: their, their their ideas.
0: Was there anything, if, if someone had pushed it, so if, 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 say, we had a player on, or, or if you're running this yourself at home and you have a player doing this, how much would you have available from those people like could someone just be like hey have you ever seen any circles with letters and numbers in them that could correlate and would one of them be like i think the chessboard had something like that too bad it's frozen like how much would you be willing to give
2: it's possible i think that that's a lot up to gm discretion i like having NPCs in the room be the hint givers of the room as well i'm so sorry i I think that that's (laughs) um a good way of going about it but yeah how much information that you want to say depends on how confident you are in your players
0: I suppose yeah. that's true. You use them as a hint mechanism. You know, stuff's like, know. oh, Ma- Michael keeps writing stuff and I can never read it. I say, put your glasses on, Michael. And he says, no, don't do what you tell me.
1: <laughs> that's that interesting because in the middle of this, I think, I, I overrode Brent, who was trying to ask triple a, a question. And I assumed (laughs) that, that we were just supposed to solve it ourselves. So I just kind of (laughs) went on to the separate thing, like, no, 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 they're not going to, they're not going to help us out in any way. We can solve it on our own, but I guess they could. Depending on when
2: it was in the room, I may have just shut that down and said they didn't know anything. If I had confidence in you at that point.
1: (laughs) You know,
3: there was a, speaking of time travel, uh, scrap Ooh. games in san francisco had a time travel room where you once you would sort of unlocked the first room and you got into a second room it was actually a copy of the first room you were in but at a different oh, time period uh, and then you I've kind of went
2: that. back
3: and wow. forth to yeah. try and you know and, you, and so you had to change things in in different rooms at wow. different times mm-hmm. in order to be able to idea. unlock the puzzles yeah. it was a pretty fun uh concept. yeah
2: yeah a time travel room like that is one of the only rooms that I have put on the back burner because I couldn't make it work to my satisfaction because mm. it was really hard to do. But that said, last season when we had half of our rooms brought on by guest GMs, we had one designed by Jen McTague who did a phenomenally oh, so good, good job of exactly that. Because
0: it was. It, again, it was like a, a the same room in, in two different time periods, but you could take things from one room to the other and then it's like, well, okay, it, it was like a small plant in the present but if I take it back to the past room and leave it there, in the present it will still be there but it will be much bigger because it's grown over time not only- and it was so hard to keep track of and so good yeah, it was
2: so much fun though
0: and not only so was well that, that an
1: amazing that listen as an escape room to go through and my mind was blown but then the podcast the escape of that and and seeing yeah. how often Jen had had play tested that room with different people and the different things <laughs> that was, that's pretty masterful
2: that tends to be a great thing about getting guest GMs on because, you know, I'm doing the, I'm doing the quantity over quality thing here. <laughs> but when we, get guest, when we get guests on, it's often they've designed one or two. Jen's actually designed more than that, I oh. believe. But, um, yeah, they will have one show one that they have done and that they have gone
0: through a yeah, rigorous play testing and editing something. thing. And so yeah, it's, so it's they'll
2: cool. come out really good quality when we get guests on.
0: Oh, except for that one guest who was terrible. Hey, just quickly jumping in to say that Escape This Podcast is sponsored by BuzzShot. Uh, Obviously, last few episodes, we've been talking about a different initiative that uh, Tom from BuzzShot is spearheading, which is to build a better community to develop live video escape rooms. Uh, A lot of people are looking at this style of escape room during the kind of COVID-19 lockdowns, Uh, And it's a really good resource, the stuff that Tom's putting together, uh, to help develop those and to look at other people who are developing them and to look at how that whole transition from physical to virtual works. So if you're interested in that idea, uh, go to the Facebook group Live Video Escape Rooms, which is linked below, or the website livevideoescaperooms.com. There's some really cool stuff going on, uh, and Tom's been doing some uh interviews with people who are doing uh, video escape rooms, which you can find on the website. It's some really cool stuff. All right. I won't
1: keep you any longer. Let's get right back into the discussion. Can I ask you guys a question? W- when we were stumbling on the vowels and the consonants. Oh, oh my God. What, were you. <laughs> oh, you thought, our, you thought our physics was bad. <laughs> yeah, be, we were like D plus students at that point. I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess my learning curve, every time I see V and C together now, from this point forward in my life, I will think vowels and consonants. Oh, yeah. Hmm. But were you just marveling at how long it took? the two of us okay. to come up with what for those that, meant?
2: For that, no. For the vast majority of it, if someone gets stuck on a puzzle, I think, oh no, how could I have done this better? I've clearly, <laughs> I've clearly haven't done this very well. Once we got to the stage of, okay, what is the difference between A and F and G? <laughs> <they>
1: started <laughs> then started laughing then. a
2: little bit. <laughs> but it's,
0: but it's true with a puzzle like that. Like I got stuck on this as well. I got stuck on the V and seeing what they could stand for. Can I write anything weird in my notes? Because, um, again, I, I had no real idea of how they could connect. Um, but I think it's because that's a puzzle that, like, if you solve it, it's done immediately, right? So it's right. good to get... It's a good puzzle to get stuck on mm. because, you know, if, it, if there was some more process to it, if it took, like, multiple steps or, like, that was the first step to start the procedure of doing the puzzle, we would have hinted it a lot faster. But because the moment you go, oh, wait, vowel, consonant, I'm, you know, oh, ah, yeah. like the puzzle's done immediately. So, so it's one that's really, I think it's a good one to get stuck on because mm-hmm. all it is is seeing that V and C could reference vowels and consonants. Fair. So, and actually uh, it was
1: smartly done because when you add three additional letters, then you're suddenly dealing with five mm. letters, even though they're, they're, they're not connected exactly right so yeah. i we were trying to yeah. go yeah i yeah. was trying to go a f g c and v as five separate things yeah. when that that wasn't quite what i needed to yeah. accomplish
0: yeah but i think structurally the way danny's done that is is nice because it has just that right level of there are so many possibilities and how you're going to link this and how do they connect but as soon as you get it it's both really clear and really obvious like oh that was the oh, solution I've, I've done it yeah. now it uh, really, it, it's it so was, true. I think it was Se- worked well. the second Stop it getting licked by a dog. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I have no The
1: dog is <laughs> very cute. Yes, deep. you do. You can put him down. It's so cute. It's a, I, I, I am consistently impressed with when you say "uh, quantity over quality, like to be able to create so many of these almost at, what, did you said almost at a hundred now? Mm. Uh,
2: so We've we're probably at a hundred episodes, rooms. but yeah, about 60 Individual rooms
1: wow that 's just wow. impressive and I look at 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 so what awesome. Brent does with two bit circus and i I think the same thing to to do a singular one, I think is exciting, but to be able to do a singular one and then while it 's being executed, we did one at two bit circus where we were all doctors operating on a lab patient, and the patient <laughs> the patient was a was a big Almost Muppet. Simpsons-like uh, 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 <laughs> b- big plastic figure on a bed, and we had all these different uh, instruments that were on cables, and then we had, we had to follow screens <laughs> in the corners of the room, and and if I was Doctor Purple, then it would uh, one of the screens would say Purple inject. 50 cc's of this into into his elbow That's and i'd awesome. find the cc one and go to the elbow and touch that while someone else touched that and i mean it was really exciting and super fun he did that for <laughs> i don't i'm guessing what six months or a year and then while he's doing that he's play testing the newsroom one that we were talking about earlier and then he's just going to put that mm-hmm. in the same room and then carry on with that so i applaud all three of you just for not doing a singular thing and then just Touting it and carrying it around, but continuing to challenge yourselves and being able to come up with new ideas that you play test and then just actually put out into the world. I think that's that's a a great thing. It
2: can be a fascinating process. Like, Brent, are you the ideas man? Where do the ideas (laughs) for these things come from? How do they form?
3: fun is it actually is a whole you know the whole team brings stuff and and so we've got a whole kind of pipeline where we'll you know from concept stage get a bunch of ideas on the on the wall where you know where we want to do the widget factory and you know the 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 crazy kitchen chaos and you know we'll mm-hmm. sort of put all the different things that we that we've got and and work through the ones that we you know feel like have the closest mechanics that are going to be a lot of fun um and uh and then we start you know churning through them and and you know the you guys know the difference between a, a good game and a bad game can sometimes be milliseconds and so you just start to build stuff and iterate in order to to you know find this find the fun
1: brent and i met in case you guys or anyone is wondering recently well relatively recently um there's something called the future of storytelling or FOST as its acronym and uh they do a conference every year in New York where they get like-minded people that are interested in advancement of storytelling whether it be through virtual reality okay. or through spoken word or through immersive theater all together to sort of um, brainstorm connect and oh, get to know that's each other good. so um, we I, like I didn't it. do I I, I was uh, unable to to participate in FOSS this last year because I was on a book tour. But they did a separate thing and we all, uh, and a small group of people went to Edinburgh, Scotland, for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Oh, oh, no. And so I got oh, to wow. meet Brent and Maggie, his wife, and uh, with the, these other people and we got to see all of these amazing, experiential, theatrical shows that were happening in Edinburgh. And uh, we got along swimmingly and uh, we actually have... A project that we're going to be working on together that's hmm. that's in its uh, uh early stages but but is is uh a technological advanced uh oh, sort oh. of game changer in my opinion something that hasn't been done before <laughs> um that i think i think deserves to be very cool so like,
2: just like a teaser cha- a, a teaser show mm-hmm. i'm a little teasing I'm feeling that. I'm excited. Whatever that is.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, one of the other things that we should talk about quickly is what the heck's going on
2: in the overall story? In arc. the overall
0: story. Because I think I know what that object is. I think I know what they found in the
1: ice. What do you th- say? So, so they found a small, round, gray rock that was sort of a meteorite,
0: a worked part of a meteorite. And we know that in episode two, right. that in the tomb of Shi
1: Huang... Yes, that same little the rock. The person
0: they saved took a circular rock, and we know that there was, like, meteorite stuff, and, like, he was killed by a meteor. So he wasn't
2: killed by a he meteor. He was killed by a
0: meteor. Um, and so there's, like, is that that? Has that been, like, we specifically went back in time and made it so that that object came out of the tomb, and now it's turned up, I think in the ice in Antarctica and he's gone and found it and there's like finally a connection to these items that we've been freeing from time like the painting of Julia's father in the first episode and the and the object out of the tomb in in episode 2 and there was and and like these these Dutch treasures from episode 4 it's i think they're going they're starting to resurface in this latter half cuz i think that was from that original room and i think the all these time Confluxes fluxes of fluxing together do you really not know I, because
1: i i, 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 I no hear idea. you when i'm watching this when, when i'm listening to this and i'm i'm you know I'm, I'm i'm walking around my my brownstone with headphones on and i'm listening to you guys do this and you keep pretending like you don't know anything and i'm like you, I'm you guys are pretending.
2: married i you guys not tell him anything
0: i play test i i get about a week's advance notice on anyone playing because like, so I play tested this room. I have no idea what the setting is for the next room. Right, but he didn't,
2: like, he didn't hear any of that conclusion. He didn't hear any of what yeah, Michael I had to say. Yeah, I didn't hear the conclusion
1: until just right, now. Because in the does does it like, all in, in notebooks, and she must take naps. <laughs> okay, but I <laughs> I'm not a terrible person. <laughs> that's
0: why at
2: the top of all of my notebook pages it says shame. <laughs>
0: that's nice. Shame. Uh, no, so I got no idea. So I I think that's what it is. I think that's what we've just found. And it's like maybe next thing someone will be like...
1: I found a painting.
0: Finding a painting of an old Roman man or a piece of wood that's like petrified that used to be the painting of the old... Like, I don't know what this means. I was about to say, let's take that to the next
1: step. So what would that mean? So say Greg, who we haven't seen yet, has somehow taken the rock from the guy who put it in his pocket Uh, as a souvenir from episode two. But why would it end up on a boat and lodged yeah, in the or snow. like
0: in the ice in Antarctica. Like what why would does he did he know it would have an effect and cause Michael to go get it? Was it intentional? Or is he like building an Antarctic ice base full of evil artifacts? Like I've no idea. What how
1: I'm why, still why would ho- he have brought it down? I'm still hopeful that there's a bigger thing that we're not seeing. I think that these things are gonna happen, mm. but it's gonna turn out that I don't know, I'm still hopeful that Greg might be the good guy and that Doc Bill may be the evil villain in some...
0: (laughs) He might be. You know, Greg
1: might be the person we need to save.
0: We do know that in the last arc, everyone kept saying Bill would be evil but he wasn't, so maybe Danny's taking that on board and in this arc, Bill's really evil.
2: Maybe, but <laughs> alternatively, last arc, I said, I don't understand why everyone thinks Bill's evil. I told you who this character is based on, this Luigi's Mansion character, oh, who is true. totally Would, fine and your friend Everyone the knows way Doc through. Brown
0: is the real villain of Back, <laughs> Back to the Future, right? Um, so yeah, I have no idea where it's going to go.
1: Hey, how many uh, chapters are you allowed to say are in this, uh, are in this season?
2: Uh, ten. Always for the connected arcs, I cap it at 10.
1: Yeah. So we're getting, what? Well, there's four more after this. Mm-hmm.
2: Which means the big twist has got to be coming soon.
0: Got to be coming soon. All right. Wonderful. Well, uh, I think we can probably end that episode here.
2: Yeah, I think uh, we covered a lot. Got some game design talk in there.
0: Yeah. Unless you uh, have
2: more stuff. like do you, do you guys have anything that you want to brag
0: about? What you did you feel about good something? about? Yeah, what was your favorite? What did you feel smart and good about in that, in that episode?
1: um well speaking as neil i felt great about um connecting the boomerang with the thread i felt like i was on a roll there and Super i sort of well monologued i felt like i was audio just pushing people aside to stand tall and <laughs> and, and great, reveal the
2: right when you're it was right.
1: because at the end of it i, I remember I, I said the whole thing and then i said i think unless i'm supposed to do something else <laughs> like i kind of <laughs> yeah. broke in the middle of it but i felt i felt good about the end that was all kind of cool how it all came together
2: I was so happy. you know, And
3: I felt like we'd done a great job with the pillars right up until the letter. <laughs>
1: Agreed.
0: Totally. <laughs> you were good. You no, know, you're good. You like linking the people to the pillars and then finding the, the chessboard stuff. And like, that was really, that was done really well.
2: Bill forgot about the chessboard in the playtest. I completely
0: forgot about the chessboard. Once I lit the, the stove, I was just like, well, there's nothing to do now. Right. No, no, there's nothing I could do with extra heat and fire. It wouldn't, wouldn't help. But you, you you, two jumped on that immediately. Like, yeah, chessboard, melt it. Let's go.
2: And you looked under the beds, which Bill also forgot to I know. I looked
0: all around the beds. I
1: thought that included under. How dare you? How dare you bring up my failures? <laughs> do you just openly laugh at him in playtesting when you're not all recording each other? <laughs>
2: Um, no, whenever he makes a mistake, I I get I put on my hurt voice and I just go, oh, I I'm sorry. So I, I I I liked this one. I thought it made sense.
0: <laughs> oh, um, wonderful. Well, thank you both of you for coming on. It was a very fun episode. Uh, if people you got are, a lot of
2: weird physical stuff to do in there. Yes, it.
0: lathering each other in blubber. Uh, if people are looking to find you online in the in the in their web space. Uh, where can they, where can they go to find you?
1: They can go to find me. I'm, uh, what am I I'm on? Uh, at NPH on Twitter. And I'm um, at Instagram. Is that me? Or am I MPH on Instagram? Yeah. yeah and I think maybe you're actually, and actually MPH NPH on Twitter. Or actually Neil. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm currently filming the fourth Matrix movie. That we're gonna be filming in Berlin. That comes uh, filming in Berlin soon. It's Ooh. super fun and exciting, as one would imagine, doing scenes with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Anne Moss, and we're, uh, and that comes out uh, next year sometime. And that's kind of what's happening in my world right now.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. And uh, and Brent, which Matrix are you in, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember it
3: so distinctly. Oh wait, I guess I was just
0: watching. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: Uh, I am at Brent Bushnell, all one word on, on Twitter and Instagram and, and all that stuff. And, and any if anybody ends up in Los Angeles, come play two bit circus. We're in the middle of downtown LA. Uh, that's Absolutely. also Two Bit Circus and and uh, we've got you know just a ton of new stuff coming and, and uh, it is so worth days. it for
1: any I mean I've 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 crowed about him before mm. and, and mm. but I, I just think for anyone who's listening to this right now, I assume you have a of a games and theory mentality and going to Two Bit Circus uh, is a, a, a real extraordinary evening or two. So it's it's well worth your time.
0: Definitely wonderful. Uh, Super and cool. For us, it's all the same sort of stuff as it always is. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at EskThisPodcast. We're Podcast on Instagram. You can send us an email, Pod at gmail.com. Just if you want to say hi or talk about puzzles or get Danny to help design things and she'll put too much effort into it. It'll be wonderful uh you can also support us on patreon if you enjoy the show and you want more things we talked a lot about the playtest if you want to hear the audio for the playtest we release those for all five dollar donors or above uh anyone who donates at any level can also appear as an NPC on the show like that lovely list of uh, all the a's and michael uh that appeared on this episode as well as greg the uh, uh villain slash hero of the season uh but there's a whole bunch of stuff there so if you want to come support us that would be Absolutely spectacular. And also, if you want to hang out uh, while we do some other stuff, we also have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash escape this podcast. If you want to watch us play Nancy yeah, we Drew. play Nancy
2: Drew games every weekend and I've just started doing my blindfolded Pokemon run. Yeah, Danny
0: is currently playing Pokemon Blue blindfolded. Uh, it's ridiculous. You should come and watch her struggle and <laughs> run around and bash her head into walls. Uh, and... It, If you want even more of us, we are also, uh, we have another show. Uh, We have a a murder mystery show where I act as a detective solving crimes that Danny has done. Um, Done? uh, Yep. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That was easy. And that is called Solve This Murder. So you can find, go to solvethismurder.com and find everything there. Wonderful. Well done. Uh, That's a long spiel now. Uh, (laughs) Thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.